Do you know that your mindset is a habit? Your sense of personal power is a habit. The quality of your relationships is an outcome of your interpersonal habits. Your net worth is based on your money habits. Your business success is built on your entrepreneurial habits. Your ability to create everything you desire is directly related to your habits. So I'm glad you're here right now listening to the Max Potential Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Barrientes, the founder of NFA Coaching, and every week I'll bring you tips, tools, and inspirational interviews that will help you learn how to cultivate strategic habits that will set you up to be a NFA habits master so you can create the life and business of your dreams on your terms. Now let's get to it. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Max Potential Habits podcast. Today, we have on an awesome guest interview. She's from Boulder, and I was fortunate enough to meet her through a friend that I met at a networking event. So everyone listening, this is the power of networking. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to jive with and connect with and just have these awesome opportunities to grow with, learn from, and become friends with. So Jess and I are newer friends, and I want to introduce you to her. This is Jess Duell. You know, Jess, I didn't actually ask you. Do you pronounce it dual? You are spot on. Rhymes with jewel. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) She is a business advocate and weaves this purpose into her daily work and encourages every business founder to take the time to do the same. She nurtures the willingness to internalize this mantra so that business leaders achieve shared meaning and affect change management and collaboration across all their organizational teams to build lasting tenacity. Oh, that's packed with so many good words. The founder of Red Direction and the popular host of The Voice of Bold Business Radio, Jess is an advocate for business owners to grab chaos by the hand and grow their companies. She is also a nationally recognized forthright voice for collaboration and transformation, a business development tactician using proactive approaches to install thoughtful, instill, (laughs) thoughtful, short and long-term strategy and consistent decision-making for every level of organization. She has 20 years of advising, consulting and facilitation experience in operational strategy and culture. She is a badass and we are psyched to have her on. (laughs) She's over there smiling with me. (laughs) So let's welcome Jess. Wow, thank you. I'm really excited to be here today with you. I've been looking forward to it since we first talked and we're like, yes, there is something here that we will capture. Yes, I love it. I, you know, I, one of my missions this year was to meet powerful women and have this powerful community of women in my life. And the most powerful women that I keep meeting are these incredible entrepreneurs who have built really successful businesses. So I am, I feel honored to get to know you. I want to know how you started in this business. Oh gosh. Well, so how didn't you start? Right. I mean, I'm one of those people who, until I experience it, I can't tell you if I can do it or not. Most of the time, by the way, I could do it. So it came down to, did I like it or not? 
And did I want, right? There's so many things as, as women, as strong women, that tenaciousness, if somebody says, I need your help, of course I'm going to help. Of course I'm going to help. And, and then I'm like, oh, but I didn't really like doing that. <laughs> so I helped you. Now I know. So I helped you. Now I know. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be present. And I learn from that. And that hands-on experience is incredibly important. And I realized early on that there was no way I was going to be able to experience everything that there was to experience. And so this innate ability that I have of context. So whatever we talk about today is going to show up my prep showed up other ways today. And what comes from our conversation today of what actually comes out of our mouths into this recording is going to show up later and it's going to be useful. And the way that it all comes together is fascinating. It's like, a, it's like the Milky Way where you're finding new constellations all the time. And so I found my way because I was making new constellations all the time. And it could have been from selling Girl Scout cookies. It could have been from babysitting the neighbors. It could have been, you know, my first foray in college before I dropped out. It could have been after I sold my company. It could have been when I went back to college and was like, okay, I'm either in the wrong place, which I think I was, um, but I didn't need that. And so to have these different things that go against the grain in a lot of ways, keep showing up and having to make that choice do I want to continue on this path? Am I willing to be different and go down a different path? Was all the way, and by the way, that's still happening today. So the way I started is the way that I live, which is the way that I am, which is one of the benefits of having somebody like me be able to be a second set of eyes, uh, a sounding board, what might be being missed. Wow. That was packed with awesomeness. I'm thinking about, you know, as I was visualizing you describing the, the way that the constellations and, and I was visualizing this galaxy and how you, how you almost created your reality and stepped into it and then decided whether it's what you wanted to continue on with and which parts of it <laughs> to a great take, way to say it. take yes. with you <laughs> and yes. which parts to drop. And it's like the, the carving of a diamond, you know, it's just this beautiful process of going, what parts of this do I love? What parts of this don't I love? What am I going to carry on? And, and then acknowledging, you know, um, as women, there's that, or, you know, girls and women, there's that idea of like, of course I'm going to help. And then you're like, wait, did I want to help with that? <laughs> That's right. I learned keep those commitments and then say no next time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The power of learning how to say no, right? Yeah. That was that's, a big, that's a biggie. And I think yeah. I still struggle with that some. I'll be honest with you. I have not perfected the art of saying no. Yeah. However, I say no way more than I used to, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. I you know, I love getting to practice saying no. Yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you did? Yesterday. Awesome. Yes. I got to today. Nice. You know, <laughs> I, I get asked for all the time now to be on committees and do all these different things. And I used to be a person who would almost automatically say yes. I just felt obligated or I felt like, oh, I can't miss that opportunity. So it was kind of like FOMO <laughs> or I didn't want to displease people and disappoint them. And so I would just say yes before even thinking through what that actually meant. Right. And so I've gotten so much better at 
you know, when someone asks you something, either saying, let me think about it so that I can then think through what that means and what commitments that's going to take and what time it's going to require. Or even in the moment now, when I know that body response to know, I just go, you know, that's not on my highest path right now. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I'll keep my radar out for someone else that might fit that opportunity better, but it's not for me. <laughs> thanks. That's thanks for thinking of me. <laughs> Well, that's very powerful. That's a huge level of self-awareness. And I find that in myself all the time. And in fact, I articulated something to my eight-year-old the other day that um, I realized that I've probably been doing my whole life, but now that I verbalized it because he, okay, so he keeps asking for the same thing over and over and over when I'm not ready to talk about it. Finally, I'm like, I'm done. I'm no, no, we're just, the answer's no, because I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) And he gets mad, right? He gets mad and he starts throwing this tantrum and he's like, but I really want to do this thing. And finally it occurred to me and I shared with him. I said, you know, Carter, if you repeatedly ask before I'm ready to talk about it, when I've asked you to please wait, let's talk about it later. I get overwhelmed. And if I'm going to get overwhelmed, there's no, there's no opportunity for me to actually show up to talk about it. So the time's going to pass and I'm just going to say no now because then I can just get it off my plate. So patience and being tactful and understanding the when and the how and really listening to the person who is talking back to you is really important. But now, and so I also then said, I'm really glad that I could actually say those words to you because while you're looking to me and actually trying to listen to what I say, I now have, like you were saying, a bodily experience. I now have this bodily experience of what this, I'm going to just shut down. I got to get it off my plate because it's not going away and it is not a priority. So what does that feel like? And how does that really show up for me? And now because he knows it, I know it, we see it in each other. I get to practice on my husband now, right? Who's the next best person to do this except for the guy that I've been married to for 19 years. And and then once I've got that perfected here, I have something to then go to Girl Scouts, to other community involvement things, things that I'm involved in, as well as to the businesses that I'm at. And, And of course, during all that time, I'm gathering that context. I'm seeing, I'm trying to find what those patterns are to be able to articulate and support the people who have asked me to do so and value, value that. So it's got to start somewhere and it might as well start with us recognizing that, you know, being curious is actually like an experiment. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. You know, I, 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 I was appreciating how seamlessly you just integrated a real life, practical, everyday parenting moment into your business all the way down the line where you go, oh, saying no to my son and having this experience is similar to the way that I show up in my business and with other people in the community. And, you know, there's always those learning lessons and practicing moments. It's boundaries and saying yes, saying no, learning where to put your energy and time. So that was awesome. <laughs> We're gathering data. Yes. We're testing this hypothesis all the time. You know, all I the ask time. you, do you, do you see that as part of the entrepreneurial mindset? Um, I, hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. How can I ask you a question first? Absolutely. How are you defining entrepreneurial mindset so that I may <laughs> meet you where you're at in I was, my answer? I was having you help me define it from your perspective. Oh. <laughs> How about 
this, what's your working well, definition so far? We'll build right on now, it. I mean, I think that that's part of it is that curiosity piece, mm -hmm. the constant gathering of data, the desire and drive to always be learning, always be challenging yourself, wanting to become a master of yourself, learning how to work with people, finding solutions. You know, I love that, that drive, but to me, that the core of what you just said, it's that curiosity mode and gathering okay. data. You know, That's one of my core values is curiosity. Yeah. Okay. So I would say yeah. yes to curiosity. Yeah. More than curiosity is how we use what we collect. Mm, I love it. So oh. I would say for me, the entrepreneurial mindset, it could be all those things, but let's boil it all the way to the bottom. And it's how we use it. Did yeah. we learn from it? Are we willing to incorporate it? Where are we facing those other things that pop up that allow us to avoid, to minimize, to let go, to pretend don't exist, right? And those are the things, if we're not willing to look at those, we really, we may think we have it, we may have habits for an entrepreneurial mindset, but we actually don't have the mindset itself. Mm -hmm. So that's where, if I were to add to your building your definition over time across the show and the women and men that you're speaking with, that's what I would add. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's uh, how we how we execute, how we how we collect the information through our experiences, and then what we do with that information in our building right. of our business and the feedback the feedback loops. Yeah, I mean, yeah. people. There are a lot of people who are like, "Ooh, I'm going to try out this idea, and if it doesn't work, I'll try something different." Well, mm -hmm. different could be 180 degrees, and I'm like, "Well." What if you just tried one thing different in this whole thing? Would you get the same results? Because there's a reason you went down this path, right? There's a, there's an, there is a point by the way, in time where quitting is important and mm -hmm. I'm all about quitting at the right time. Um, and sometimes, and I would say for me, I quit too late and I don't let things go soon enough sometimes. And that's still, that's a lesson that I recognize that, uh, it keeps showing up in different ways. And so I'm like, all right, I got this. I got this, but at the same point in time, I'm like, when I really put my heart and soul in it, I really, sometimes I don't want to admit that it's not right right now. It's not that it's not right. It's not right right now. I love this. This it, it, I was reading this morning, um, a, a habits book and one of the philosophies was talking about, or I don't know, it was an idea that was talking about sunk cost theory and thinking about how we put so much energy and time into something that we hesitate to quit because we feel that we've already invested so much, yet it might be the right moment to quit. So how do you make the decision to quit? Oh, so I'm gonna start with the word invest. Usually that means money. Usually that means time. Mm -hmm. So let's look at the money. So let's say that it's a sunk cost. Okay, so the money's out the window, out the door, we've spent it and it turned out to be way more expensive than we thought and we're not getting the results we want. Well, if we quit without actually going, well, what did I learn? I learned how to gather data better. I learned who I'm not talking to. I learned what not to do. Uh, here's what I did learn in those relationships within this project that worked really well that I had never seen before. Okay, so those, in my opinion, are worth the time and the money investment because that's what our learning is that gives us a new platform with which to go to the next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. So expanding perspectives as you learn. So it's not about, 
it's not about that the sunk cost is it's interesting just within that name you know sunk yeah. cost it's like that indicates that somehow you didn't benefit from it mm -hmm. whereas you're taking the perspective of it's always learning and it's valuable because you're getting something out of it it's just how you perceive it That's and right. then build your next platform or evolution of yourself on that Awesome. And really, until you have a sunk cost, I would equate that to the word failure. We uh -huh. all need to actually fail and feel it. Totally. Like when we, when we fall down and skin our knees and we've left some of our skin on the driveway or the gravel or wherever we fell, what we fell off of onto, because without that pain, we have no desire to change. And it's easier to go back to that concept of avoidance, not looking at it, letting it go, pretending it's not there. And so I'm a big proponent of uh, yes, I fail, but it's not going to make me stop. It's going to make me learn. Yeah. Which yeah, by so the way, that's some variation of a quote. That outcome that I came to is somebody's famous quote. And I don't know who that yeah, is. Yeah. I know. I love that. I have, a, I have that going on all the time too. I'm like, yeah, someone somewhere said this and it was yeah. really profound. And now I've, I've muddled it and it's this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. I got to give somebody else credit. So yeah. thanks somebody else. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, all of it's built on the great history. I, I really don't know that anything is ever anymore. It's just recycled and reproduced from your own unique fingerprint. And so, yes, I think about it that way. Failure. I love this topic of failure too, though. Um, I agree. I failed a lot. Yeah. And well, without failure, you would never learn. You would never grow. Right. You, so it's really your perspective of failure. If you see, if you see failure as a bad negative, you're going to want to avoid it, which means you're going to limit yourself from growing. If you see it as something to embrace and take on the challenges because it's your opportunity to grow, then you go like, yes, let me fail faster. Let me fail and understand myself better. Let me yeah. grow from my failures. So I love <laughs> your perspective. Well, and it comes back, I almost think to the no conversation too, where we're talking about, um, you know, all of these things, but without that context, how do we figure out what to pause and to say yes or no to? How yeah. do we recognize? I mean, I, since actually when we talked last, I was in the midst of a startup. Since we talked last, that startup has failed. And, <laughs> and so, you know, on a business level, I'm now in the majority. I have three failed businesses and two successful businesses. And think about all the ideas that I haven't gone through. And think about all of the life experiences to get to those two successes, not only just in the business, but there was so much failure even within those two successes that you look back and I'm like, how did I actually get through that? Why did it turn out the way that it turned out when I didn't know this or this or this and I'm not able to reproduce it? Well, it's because now I recognize it took this and this and this that I didn't know I didn't know and I went for it that and I adapted in the process. So okay. I, totally, I totally get that and I'm all, about, um, I'm all about the sadness too because we have to grieve for our loss. But I think when we're actually able to do that, whether that's a failure, whether that's a loss, whether that's something we quit, it doesn't matter. There's all of those things. There's a little bit of grief there. And when we, ha when we have that grief, I think that's our ego. <laughs> I mean, there is a sadness, but yeah. there's a big ego yeah. part. And so well, I, totally, I think the grieving part is when you have a perspective that there were more losses than gains, right? So if you balance out that perspective and you go, oh, okay, well, here's where I lost this aspect, but I gained so much here, then the perspective is balanced and you go, okay, awesome. Next. So I get to I, 
I would add to that. Sometimes it's like your favorite cereal that they discontinue. <laughs> I just can't get it any. I actually really liked it and I can't get it anymore. Yeah. So yes, there's, there's a failure because it's, it's not there in some way. And that spectrum of some of that, what's not there is vast. And I want to honor people who get sad about not getting their favorite cereal anymore because it's okay. And it's yeah. right. And we need that as much as we need the big aha moments of, of, okay, I get this. Yeah. I understand what I'm trying to let go of. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this, I love this. This is taking so many different twists and turns than I expected at as <laughs> usual, and I love it. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about your history. So, um, you said, I, I want to know when you started your most recent company. Sure. How did that happen? And, and where are you going with it? What's your vision and what's your favorite part of building this company? So, Okay. Well then that means we're talking about red direction because okay. the one that failed, we're going to just say it failed. It failed during my time at red direction. No problem. What okay. did I, you know, so actually what did I learn from that to continue to build red direction? How about if we, it, may I adjust a little and do that? Yeah, yeah go for it. All right. Uh, thank you for that. Um, because I don't want to, <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, but I see this piece too. And it yes. pertains to what we've been talking yeah, about. Go which for is it. So I was asked to participate in this company and be part of a council, right? So there were a group of people that were in, this le in the leadership to take an idea and turn it into a product and get it to market. Well, that concept of council had very different meanings. It, the person whose idea it was really wanted to control more than they shared they wanted to. So every time the rest of the council got together and developed and built on these ideas in the group, there was consensus in the group. There was, we have a new level. We're moving forward. We know what we've got to do. Here's how we all, can all show up. And then this person with, that came with the idea and said, hey, started talking to people. And these, this was the council that came together, said, no, I want to run it. No, this is mine. No, it's not going to be like that because it's not what I envision. And it would happen after every time we got together and after we were doing work to actually get this thing to market. So the, the fact we were not on the same page about what a council was and what the roles we were actually being asked to play versus the way we were showing up because we thought we understood what was going on is a big deal. Now, I didn't see it until too late, probably because I was too close to it. That's one of the things that I've been doing for the last 20 years in companies. Where are the meanings different? So to bring it back to, to red direction, I was like, well, we all have our own assumptions. So where are the assumptions in my leadership at red direction? And by the way, I found a whole lot more weeds in my garden than I thought I was going to. And if we want to stick with the constellations, I found a whole lot more light pollution at night. We could call it that. We're sticking with like that Milky Way. My Milky Way was gone mm -hmm. and I didn't realize it. And so once I looked a little closer, what am I avoiding? What am I not seeing? And is, am I choosing not to see it or did I not know about it? Turned out both of, I had things in both of those camps, both of those groups. And so I started small. I went, okay, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick one thing. What are the words that I say most often and where are we not getting the results we want as a group? And then I started working on defining those words differently with the teams, the way the, te the, way the people on my different teams come together 
so that we could see different results. And so we're in the middle of a new experiment of, okay, we've been avoiding this. Now there's friction. There's friction because it seems like I'm changing the game. It seems like I'm changing my leadership. I'm not, I'm getting more clear. So the problem was I wasn't clear in certain areas and I let it go. And now that I can be clearer, yes, there's going to be friction. Yes, there's going to be change. Yes, there's going to be confusion. Yes, there's going to be pushback. Yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, we're going to have a little bit of fallout in different ways. But in the end, we're going to be better for it because I took the time to be more aware, to bring that awareness of this most recent failure into something that I know is working. And can we make it work better? Can we make it work more? Can we move that needle of achievement whatever that looks like for that particular project, because we got all kinds of achievement happening all, all over the place and, and see more than what we expected or meet what we're expecting to meet when we weren't moving quick enough, fast enough, complete enough, whatever word you would want to put in there. Mm. Mm. Okay. We got to point out so much for listeners here. <laughs> Good. I was gonna say, cause I'm glad you're going to stop and do this because you know what your listeners want. And I'm like, well, this is the story. This is yeah. the experience yeah. here. I could spend like three shows talking about oh, that. Absolutely. Hours and hours. I know every, every person I have, I'm like, Oh, let's talk for 10 hours straight. Yes. I actually yes. got invited onto this podcast and at podcast. I don't know exactly how he runs it, but it's a 12 hour marathon podcast every week. And I think he brings in 12 different people and he does one every hour. But I was like, that's a pretty wild idea. And wow. That's an incredibly wild idea. An incredible output of energy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I could probably have a four hour podcast with one person because it's yeah. so <laughs> I understand you. <laughs> exactly. But I want to point out for listeners. Okay. So there were so many gold nuggets in there. I'm thinking about, you know, you're talking about team dynamics and you're talking about self-reflective awareness as you grow as a team, as a company and failure where how to learn from failure and something that you are doing so powerfully from my perspective is asking the right questions, asking those self-reflective growth filled questions. Like you said, where are the assumptions? What assumptions am I making? What am I avoiding? What am I not seeing? Where are we not getting the results we want? And then where are we lacking clarity and where do we need to redirect and focus our attention? Those are powerful for everyone listening. Take a pen and paper out, rewind and write those questions down because the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your questions. The, the income that you make in your business is determined by the questions you ask yourself, your willingness to gain clarity, gain perspective, get conscious of what is working and what's not working and get out of your own way by actually magnifying what you don't want to see. And that will help you catalyze so much more quickly. And, you know, we often, of course, want to avoid those painful spots where we're stuck and we're not getting where we want to go and we feel frustrated and we feel, I think, sometimes powerless but the greatest power comes in asking those questions and even just going, what am I avoiding? Because that question alone gives you a clue as to where to go. You know, what am I avoiding? What am I avoiding? And, and force yourself to see it. Don't pretend you don't know, because I think most of the time it's that we don't take the time to look there and or we're scared and don't want to look there. So I love that you ask those powerful questions. Those, those are gold. And I have to be compassionate, right? I mean, underlying all of those questions and being able to do that, compassion is such a key piece for myself, recognizing, all right. Um, and in fact, I actually shared this yesterday with somebody. 
one of the companies that I mentor um, came to me and said, I'm supposed to know everything, yet I'm supposed to create a board so I can ask for help. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I said, you know, what if it's, I'm confident in the direction that we're going and I'd like you to help me get there. Mm, I love it. And so that's, and that, because here we went, we went from between the ears. Yeah. We went from between the ears to what I, this dichotomy of what we think we're supposed to know to what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. Of course I want help. And of course I've got to ask for help. But if I ever once perceive that I'm supposed to have all the answers, I can't, I, I yeah. can't ask for help anymore. And it, it, it creates this weirdness in all of us, everybody on the planet. This is not, this is not related to any gender whatsoever. So mm -hmm. to build on those, those, the power of questions, that's, that's an illustration of the reason why the mm -hmm. big why is, well, let's talk about even the words in the questions because it's not about us. It's, it's not about our ego. Mm -hmm. And that's in the other thing with the compassion piece is when the company fell apart, it could have very easily, um, you know, everything started to fall apart and needed to stop. So I stepped away and that's fine. My part, I was like, Oh, I'm done here. And I recognized that. And I was sad because it's a really good idea. I was sad because I liked the relationships. I was sad because I loved what the potential was. At the same point in time, I also showed up with compassion that it might be the right idea at the wrong time, it might be the right idea with the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And I may not be the right person and I can be okay with that. Mm -hmm. I can be compassionate about that for me. I can be compassionate about that for the other people that were on the council. And from my perspective, keep that door open. Mm -hmm. From my perspective, allow communication to continue. Now, some of how things went down, um, it may not be a two-way street. My bridge may end in the middle of that chasm. <laughs> However, mm -hmm. what, you know, recognizing the compassion of don't, don't burn your bridges in yeah. anything because all that is is ego. And we, as soon as we let, comes back to the way we word our questions, if it's ego, we're getting in our own way. Yeah. Yeah. I want to highlight too, something you said that I am, that it's bringing up for me when you're talking about this piece of compassion, it's like learning from your mistakes from a stance of curiosity versus beating yourself up. So yeah. beating yourself up does nobody any good because then you're just beaten down and you feel like you're in that failure. You know, when I say failure, like we talked about earlier on the side, on the end of the spectrum where you think of it as a negative event, instead you can take it on and go, Hmm, okay, let's be curious about why this didn't work. Let's embrace the fact that I took it on, I tried it out, it didn't work right now. Maybe it's not the right people, maybe it's not the right time, maybe I'm not the right person, and it could something could flourish in the future if I'm able to take that stance of curiosity and, and look at it and go, what can I learn from this? And how can I grow from this? And how can I trust that all of this happened for a reason instead of going, why am I so bad? Why am I so wrong? Why, 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 why am I so stupid? All those ways that we use our inner critic to beat ourselves up. Oh yeah. I love that you are talking about that piece of, you know, really not in that compassion piece of just not beating yourself up and taking that stance of curiosity instead. And I'll even go one step further and share that uh, I was I was upset, I was mad, I was angry, I was frustrated, I was taken by surprise, um, and so it could have gone very differently. Mm -hmm. And yeah, 
coming back to the perspective and awareness piece, which I'm a big proponent. I'm a big proponent of awareness yeah, uh, and spend a lot of time on that with, with myself, with my team, with the companies that we serve, because it is so necessary and being able to go, okay, well, what I do from this place affects what becomes net, what becomes possible next. It's either going to increase or decrease my opportunity. Yeah. Wow. This is great. This is, this is awesome. Um, I want to ask you also about, you started to talk a little bit about the inability to ask for help or the ability to ask for help and it not being necessarily a gendered thing, which is true. I think, I think men and women struggle for different reasons in asking for help. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a huge growth edge for most people you know, to go, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand this. I don't have the skills or I don't have the, the, the wisdom, the tools, the money, the, all these things, like, where can we ask for help? Right. Um, do you see that as something that you've had to foster over the years? Yes. And in fact, if I have to ask for help for something, I usually need help a little more immediately. And mm-hmm. so then I get disappointed because people can't help me quick enough. <laughs> Does that make sense? So the answer is, so in this concept of awareness, I've discovered three levels of awareness. And for me, I'm past the, in this particular case, asking for help. I will, I'll illustrate it and use this as the example. So the first level of awareness that we all have is we get done with something and we feel like we feel bad. That person couldn't help me. We feel disappointed. It didn't work out the way that I wanted. How, and then it, it happens over and over. How come I keep getting here every single time I ask for help? Okay. So that's something that's not going right. And I only know it at the end. (laughs) Okay. First level of awareness. I found a pattern. I've been curious, curious enough, open enough to recognize there's a pattern of something that I, maybe I like it too, but we're using this thing of asking for help. And for me, that's a little bit of a negative. So that's where this one's going to come out with a little bit of a negative approach uh, to it. The second level of awareness is where I'm at right now, which is, um, when we're in it, we recognize we're in it, yet it's like a roller coaster that's already left and you're stuck till the end. <laughs> so you know, you're in the middle going, oh, I know how this is going to end. And of course it ends that way, right? This is the second level. Wow, great. And I, I am like, when I got to that, I'm like, hey, look, I'm in it because it's an awareness and I caught it earlier. There's a little bit of anticipation. There's a little bit of knowledge. There's a little, there's all kinds of stuff in that. So I'm like, all right, I'm along for the ride. So at least I can smile and and recognize at the end, it's going to, I'm not going to like this because we're talking about this. I'm asking for help and I'm in the same place doing the same thing. So it's going to have the same outcome. So the optimal thing, which, you know, it's kind of like meditation. We have this perception of what optimal is in anything that we do. So I've got this optimal thing that I'll see it. And any decision we make, we can actually do this where we get to the point and we're at the beginning. Oh, here's that tipping point and I can choose. Go on the same roller coaster again, choose to leave the line and go do something else. Right. And so that's where we're all ultimately going to toward. And I'll tell you, it's elusive. (laughs) It's elusive. There are things that I do that I have habits and patterns around that I can catch it some of the time, but I'm not a master at all of them yet by far all of them. (laughs) And so I know where I'm going and I recognize those three levels of awareness. And by the way, when I get to that pivot point in anything, so like with this one, when I get there, I'm going to be cheering. I'm going to be so excited because I get to choose do I want to do the same thing? Am I ready to change? Or 
uh, you know, that concept, am I ready to change or do I need to go down the same path again? Yeah. And if I'm not ready to change, that's okay. I still had that awareness piece up front and I made a conscious choice. Yeah. And so the more aware we are, the more conscious we are. And so even though I'm in that middle part with this asking for help, I'm recognizing I'm, I'm that much closer to understanding the pivot point of being able to make the choice. Yeah. Oh, I love this. It really reminds me of thinking about the evolutionary process of growth and how mm -hmm. when you start to become more masterful in one area, you get to that third level aware of awareness, but then you go to the next evolution of yourself and it's almost like you go back to number one, okay. you know, <laughs> and you started all we just have a new floor. Totally. Right? It's like, yeah. I, I was just, I was trying to describe this to other people. And sometimes I have to use a game. It's not like a game that has an end where you like the end of monopoly. There's a clear winner, even though it might've taken forever to get there. Uh -huh. It is more like, um, a video game where you get to the end and you accomplish this thing. And now you have a whole new set of things. That the you next level. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it gets the hardest right before the end of that level. Yes. And then yes. you get to the beginning. And it's like, well, did I actually do it or did I imagine it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, this is different. I have more awareness. Like, oh, I'm in I have more tools. I have more energy. I have more whatever that game gives yeah. me. Yeah. It's, I love that. You know, I grew up, my, my dad is a serial entrepreneur. And when I was young, one of his businesses was an arcade. And so awesome. I know it was amazing. All my friends, of course, loved it. I was in kindergarten. And then when he decided to sell the business, he brought home this Pac-Man. And I love what you're saying because it's so true. You know, there were all of these levels of Miss Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man would change her that, you know, the whole board would change and then it gets harder and faster. And, and then you get to the end and, and there's this prize, and, you know, it's this yeah. amazing thing, but it's such a great metaphor because it's so true. And it really is that evolution. Like you start at the elementary phase of any quest you're taking on, let's say, let's say it's building a new business. There's so much that you don't know that you don't even know what you don't know in the beginning, right? And then as you go through those phases, you start to go, oh, okay, I've developed competency here. Maybe I've developed some mastery here and some excellence here. And then the next phase, and then you go, oh, wow, I'm a complete baby and child in this area. I have no idea what I'm doing. And those are the moments to ask for help. Those are the moments to seek out the masters. Those are the moments to go, okay, it's okay not to know. I'm just exploring a new side of myself and I get to develop competency here, which means I'm probably going to fall down more in the beginning and that's okay. You know, it, it's, it's a, it's a really, to me, it's a very adventurous, challenging and inspiring path because it's constantly growth filled. And if you can take it from that perspective of knowing that you're going to go through those phases and knowing that you're going to just constantly be learning then it's a little bit easier to handle those, the, the, the tough spots where you feel like you haven't succeeded at your expected level. Right. And own that you're probably playing six games or more at once. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> so we might be on level two and level 10 yeah. and level one and Ooh, here's game number seven that I might want to add to this mix. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's, yeah. There's a, there's courage. It is brave to do that and to recognize yeah. all of those things are happening all at once. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us, I want everyone to hear what, what's your favorite part of building your business so far? What, I mean, it sounds like you've had lots of challenges and we know some of your, I, at least I feel like we've got a good insight into your perspectives on challenge and growth and failure and overcoming. Mm -hmm. What do you love about your business? All of that. 
Awesome. <laughs> really that when you read my bio and it said, take chaos by the hand. So my life training has been living in chaos, uh, uh, understanding chaos, recognizing what is the shape and the color and the texture. So all of the senses around what chaos is, even when it looks normal. And because I think that's a big part of it. And so this concept of chaos, I live there. I love it. I recognize it because it allows me to stay curious. It allows me to, um, have problems to solve, decisions to make, things to try, people to talk to, to co-create, to share experiences, to figure out, to ask, to learn from the people that have come before me as well as the people that are coming after me. And I think both of those are so important. So I would say all of it, and especially the chaos piece, the chaos piece mm -hmm. is the part that I like. And that's why I built a business around it. That's so great. <laughs> oh, I love this. You know, I'm sitting here, like I have your bio up as you're, as you're talking and I'm thinking it's so true. It's what you do, create order out of chaos and you come in. So, you know, some of the objectives of your company support business owners and executives as they plan and handle ambiguity. Awesome. Train on and model problem solving skills. Awesome. Facilitate strategic planning. All these words are so powerful and the things that you do and implement to construct a framework of order out of the chaos. Yeah. It's, incredible. And if I were to share from this conversation, those three, the, the three levels of awareness that I shared, mm -hmm. and then how you talked about the evolution of what that looks like in a nutshell, if somebody were to start doing something different today or to consider if I were to do something today, what would it be? Put whatever that might be against what you shared and I shared in that segment. Mm -hmm. And that is a great place to just be able to reflect a little. Yeah. Yeah. And say, do I want to go forward or not? Yeah. Maybe I'm not ready to see what's in the mirror <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Yes. Yes. But I'm willing to, con I'm willing to recognize because there's a lot of things I don't want to see, but at least I'm willing to recognize that they're there and I'll be like, okay, that's fine. That's got to go over there right now. Okay. Yeah. That's not for, that might be right now and drat. I don't want to look at it, but I have to because it's yeah. impacting all of these moving pieces that we have going on right now. Yeah. Well, one or more of the clients that we're working with at any given point in time. And so I, I, I recognize that that can be hard, but that that's really the beginning, the reflection and the awareness. Mm -hmm. Can I find the patterns and what can I do with them and how quickly can I find the patterns? Yeah. Oh, this is great. This is fabulous. Um, tell us what would you say are your top three max potential habits that you think got you where you are today? I talk about what I value. So I am in the practice of sharing what is important to me when I set a goal and I'm talking to somebody about it, what made that goal important right now? And what are my values, my personal values that support that? Because if I'm going to ask for help, if I'm going to ask for insight, if I'm going to ask for advice, somebody needs to know what to do. So I'm creating that shape for that. Now that also means on the other side, when I'm creating the shape for that, I can make sure I know what my litmus test is to recognize the people that I'm sharing it with, like at Red Direction, um, or even in my family. Am I being heard the way I intended to be heard? It, are the words that I'm saying actually resonating? So the, the concept of talking about what I value uh, is a habit that 
I didn't know that I had, and I also didn't fully utilize it. And so that is something that over time I've recognized, okay, this is the commonality. I'm not using it enough. And when I see the change, it's because I use it more and I have it front and center. And so it is front and center of me with me every day from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed and all through my dreams at night. Okay. So let me real quick. So in, yeah. in, in the summary of that statement, it's like, okay, so your number one habit is being able to articulate your value and, and with others to and talk under- about what I value with others okay. and the reason it matters then. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So the second one is one of my personal core values that shows up everywhere, which is to be curious. Mm-hmm. The more I'm willing to be curious, the more those around me are willing to be curious, the further we go faster. Mm-hmm. The third is to be present. There are so many things that you and I could be doing. There are so many things coming up right after this. And there are so many things that happened right before this that if the habit of being present in that moment means, of course, all that matters, just not while we're together. Because I do you a disservice when I'm not present. And I also miss out on the opportunity of really understanding what we can get out of our interaction and figuring out future possibility and what the shape of how we can create can, what that can be. So the third one is to be present. Mm, That one's very powerful. Those are all incredibly powerful. You know, I think about, because for me, values orientation shapes my entire reality. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I work on with myself, with all my clients, with my kids, with my partner, with my family, like on and on and on. It shapes every interaction I have. So Mm -hmm. knowing what my core values are is my, what I call my genius juice. Mm -hmm. And it's the way that I do my life and business and world. And it's so, I think when you're a person who orients themselves from that space, it helps you connect with other people and be really present because what you're doing is you're seeking out, like when I first connected with you, I'm like, I want to know you. I want to know your soul. I want to know like what makes you tick the same. And it takes presence to do that. Mm -hmm. If you're present, you actually are interested in what the other person is saying, doing, thinking, um, you know, everything that you're, you know, even, you know, Jess and I are on Zoom. I know that everyone else won't get to see this because it's just the audio recording, but I see her workspace. I see what she values just even by looking at her workspace. And it's just, it's such a gift to think from that space. And, and it's, all of yours are so integrated because it's also that curiosity, right? If you're curious, you want to know someone's values and then you're also present with them because you're curious about what's happening in the moment. So there would probably be subsets of my three true values, right? So those, those are my habits that support my values, which are, um, curiosity, elegance, and truth. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Curiosity, elegance, and truth. That's lovely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Simple, straightforward, timeless. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. And it's interesting too. Um, values. So you, I just want to real quick go here. Values for you are, because I teach values from a place of axiology, which has to do with like your chief aim in life. Yeah. And your values are more of, it sounds like a place of, because some people use their values as a, as a moral or a, an orienting essence versus yep. what they're doing in the world or what they And I would say both would minor, right? They they sound like they're from the doing. And I will tell you it's because I do first. One 
one of my hashtags is act to plan because I act so that I can get context so that I can mm -hmm. figure out what's going on so that I can figure out what to do next. That's awesome. And so there's that piece. Um, and the other part though, it is a moral compass because if it is not clear, if it is not, um, you know, if, if it's not, if I wasn't doing something that was simple and timeless and adding beauty to the world, if I was not curious, I, I feel lost. I make poor decisions. I don't, I don't really have the best relationship possible and I will stray in whatever that is, whether that's, you know, uh, who knows, right? Telling the wrong mm -hmm. secret, not keeping a confidence, eating the wrong food, not taking care of myself, uh, lashing out at somebody who doesn't deserve it. And so they're both. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is rich. This is rich. Okay. I know that everyone's going to want to connect with you. So tell us your main place to connect. I would say LinkedIn is number one. So okay. just search for Jess. It's probably Jessica, Jessica dual on LinkedIn. Okay. And Twitter is number two at Jess underscore dual. Okay. And I will put all of this in the show notes for everybody. So you'll be able to connect with her there. Is there anything that you want to promote? What, what do you have going on right now in your world that you want listeners to hear about? We've been doing this values work for a really long time and I've encompassed it into a do-it-yourself on your own time e-course. So it's an online course that is called Weave Value and you're taking and figuring out what is it that you value through your actions and through your moral compass in a very different way than what you're doing um, and being able to say, so here's practically how I apply those. How do I use those values to make decisions? How do I use those values to determine what priorities matter right now? Mm, mm -hmm. sounds great I can't wait to check it out so everyone I will have the link to all of all of the ways to connect and to the e-course so that you can access that there thank you so much for being here Jess this was pure joy and I could pick your brain for hours <laughs> actually that term is so funny to me pick your brain I could explore and be curiously questioning and all well, the let's things go that you look do. at the milky way together again. exactly yes okay <laughs> i can't and wait thanks. to see you again soon thank you so much for being here thanks so much for listening to this episode if you're liking this podcast help spread the word by subscribing sharing leaving a rating and a review to connect go to nfacoaching.com where you can join the Max Potential Habits community and get access to all of my free and paid resources. There's daily inspiration on Instagram, IGTV videos, access to the Max Potential Habits LinkedIn group, and links for working with me in the live weekly Max Potential Habits online group training, the NFA Money Magnet Habits online course, and if you're really serious about taking it to the next level, you can also schedule a Max Potential coaching consult. Until next time, I hope you have a NFA day where you thrive and feel alive.